pretty amazing, special young men we have here, huh? They did a great job this morning. It's kind of scary when your son outshines you. That's okay, Jake. I still love you, man. And I'll tell you what, you start with such great examples, Logan. It's like I immediately, you immediately snag me and I'm, I'm hooked. So I, I kind of like that stuff. So, hey, I got some, some announcements real quick for you. Uh, the very first one is that Fifth Sunday Rally is coming up in April. April 30th is down in Cottage Grove. The uh, 6th and Gibbs Church of Christ starts at 6.30. So uh, just like they've trooped down here, we're going to troop up there. So if you need more uh, directions on where that's at, just let me know. That would be great. All right. Also, too, we got a couple of other announcements here. Let's see, Bible School Program Meeting next Sunday, right after assembly, uh, for all those who are currently involved in the Bible Class Program, and if anybody else is interested in helping out, uh, we would love for you to be involved as well. Uh, if anyone would like to help with the VBS at Alvador uh, Christian Church, please contact Melissa. Uh, she's got all the insider information. And uh, if you love little kids and and uh, having a great time and dancing around and all that fun stuff. That's definitely uh, where you need to be. Uh, in lieu of ladies' study uh, this coming Thursday evening, the ladies will be meeting up uh, for dinner at uh, Tararin. Did I say that right? Okay, all right. Um, Thursday at 6 p.m., all are welcome. Uh, ladies only, please. <laughs> <laughs> Please let Melissa know if you're coming so she can make a reservation for you. All right. I think Melissa knows she doesn't have to worry about me wanting to go to Tararin. So there we go. You will not see me there. You are safe with uh, me anyway. So, uh, you know, we have a, a, a birthday girl here that, you know, I don't know if she was skipping out last week because... She was supposed to be sung to last week, but uh, we're going to sing to you. Are, what are you, 16 now? 15? Driver, do you have your driver's permit? You're working towards it? All right. You know, those kinds of birthdays make parents tremble. So uh, I'm sharing with you right now, don't be like Bill when it comes to getting your permit and your, your license. Within the first couple of months, I had two wrecks. Uh, on my record. So uh, anyway, my dad taught me how to drive. All right. If that's any, I'm not saying that about you, Rick. I was saying that about me. Okay. Just so you know. So we're going to sing happy birthday right now before we get into these words of encouragement. Anybody else have a birthday coming up this week? I didn't see any in the list. Okay, here we go. There you are. So all the focus is on you. <laughs> happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, God bless you, happy birthday to you. Right. So your brother got a real cool Thunderbird, I wonder what you're going to get. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, moving, moving right along here. Uh, we're notes of encouragement. Here we go. Oh, thanks, Ty, for stepping up. I appreciate it. And I think, yeah, I got them all. I got them all. Okay. Jeff Drillinger, your quiet steadfastness and faith and your perseverance in the face of great trials 
is a huge encouragement to all. Thank you for being consistent, steadfast, and caring. There are many who have come to Christ and many who remain in Christ because your thoughtful encouragement and godly priorities. Let's give it up for Jeff Trillinger. That's awesome. That's absolutely right. Most every Bible study that I've ever had is uh, in large part because Jeff continues to encourage me to stay the course. So thanks, Jeff. It's really true. Uh, Jeff Sharon. Here you go. The other Jeff. Jeff Sharon. Happy birthday. T- Wait a minute. Were we supposed to sing him happy birthday? It was last week? No repeat. Oh, I'm sorry. Double jeopardy here, man. <laughs> we're singing happy birthday to Jeff after we're done with these words of encouragement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, happy birthday to, to the best opa. That's, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, a foreign language, that's grandpa, right? Yeah. And what, what language is that? It's the Dutch and German. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Uh, it's very similar in Russian as well. Uh, thank you for all the work you do around here to fix up the building and make things prettier and safer. Let's give it up for Jeff. Woo-hoo! Now, I'm getting old, Jeff, so I might forget to sing you happy birthday uh, after I do this. Uh, but since I'm saying it to myself several times, sorry, it's going to happen. Linda, it's great to see you here this morning. It's nice to meet you and have you here. Thank you for gracing us with your lovely smile. Do you know who this one's from, Linda? It's from that lovely creature, Liberty, over there. She is so sweet. And so, isn't she? So, Linda, welcome. There you go. Woohoo! Oh, by the way, did I tell you that there is a family fellowship dinner? I'm trying to forget that I'm singing you happy birthday. Did I forget to tell you that there is a family fellowship dinner at the Compton Homestead tonight at uh, 5.30? And guess who's bringing uh, some potato delight that is out of this world that I promise not to eat very much because I'm on a diet? Who do you suppose that is? He is bringing them. He told me. Well, anyway, so if you want, if you want some of Alan's amazing creations, I hope you'd stay for the preaching afterwards. But uh, anyway, five thirty our place tonight. Sorry, I missed that one. Did I tell you I'm singing you happy birthday? Good. Okay, <laughs> Logan, your message was awesome. Hey, let's give it up for Logan. That was really. Awesome. Where'd you go, Logan? Why don't you put that on his seat? Logan, you're hiding in there. Let's give it up again for Logan. (laughs) See, Logan, you can't hide. We'll find you. Ty, for vacuuming and assisting this morning, ready to jump right in. I mean, did you see that we're all running around crazy? Thank you for stepping up. I appreciate that. Obviously, you're learning the right thing. Service. So, all right. All right, we need to say happy birthday to the birthday boy here this morning. Uh, Jeff. <laughs> now, I know one thing about Jeff. Jeff was not skipping out last week because he didn't want to be sung to. Like, he doesn't do that. Okay, Ellie on the... What? 
We did sing to him? Yes. Did we sing to you? No repeats. Good night. I forgot that I sang to you last week, and I wasn't going to forget I was going to sing to you this week. This is terrifying. <laughs> All right. There's no double, double jeopardy. You got it. Wow. Why didn't someone save me from that? You know what I was going to We tried. We tried. We tried. All right. Yes. So, you know, I'm getting so much mail in my mailbox on, on uh, Medicare. And maybe that's what's freaking me out. I don't know. That could be true. Someone told me that right before you turned 65, about midway through your 64th year, trust me, if you're not 65 yet, you're going to get like tons and tons of mail. It's a great way to start a fire. So, anyway... Uh, now maybe that's what's freaking me out because I got to tell you one more story really quickly. Are you okay with me telling you a story? Yeah. And this has nothing to do with anything except for my forgetting that I forgot to, you know, sing happy birthday. I lost my sermon this morning. I'm serious. No, I have it now. I found it. But I brought it with me this morning and it's, it's in my brain. You, you know, if it's in here, it exists. If it's not in here, it doesn't. And I misplaced my, my, yeah. It's a terrifying thing for a preacher who's written and studied and practiced. Where is it? So anyway, I didn't forget my sermon, but I had a little scared there this morning. Okay, any other announcements that I need to remember? All right, let's turn our Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Book of Proverbs, if you would, chapter 22. As many of you know, this is probably one of my uh, most favorite of all books in the Bible. It really has helped me over the years uh, to be transformed by the renewing of my mind using this uh, book. And it still is filled with amazing, powerful truths. Look at verse 4. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 4. The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Let's pray. Our holy God in heaven, Moses was, as according to your word, uh, the most humble human being. We know that your son Jesus Christ was the most humble of all sons of God. Oh, Father, we need to follow in his footsteps. We know, dear Heavenly Father, that your son Jesus Christ had a reverential fear of you. There wasn't a word that he spoke that he did not first hear it from you, for he spoke only what you told him to speak. And Father, also too, he never did anything unless you had told him or shown him what to do. And so, Father, we want to follow in his footsteps. We truly do need to grow in our understanding and application of humility. We need to grow in our understanding of what it means to, to fear the Lord. Father, I ask that you would help us to understand that if we will give ourselves to humbly yielding our will to your will, adoring you 
because of the awe that we have of your greatness and what you have done to secure our salvation through the sacrifice of your son, that we would, in reverential fear, uh, serve you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love. We ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. You know, when we talk about the riches and the honor and the life, we're not talking necessarily about the physical riches, honor, and life. Now, God does grant to us every, everything that we need for life and godliness. We know that that's found in the scriptures. You know that every good thing and every perfect gift is from above, from our Father, with whom there is no shifting or shadow. And so we can recognize that the, the physical, temporal blessings in this life have been given to us by God. And also, too, I think more importantly, but not necessarily as apparent, are the spiritual blessings that we receive as we would humble ourselves in serving the one and only true God and fearing him with a reverential fear as we have been learning. The vast majority of scriptures in the Old Testament that talk about the fear of the Lord, it's actually talking about that reverential fear. Again, let me simply state that for you. I, I wrote it down so that <clears throat> I wouldn't forget. And so here we are. The fear of the Lord is to yield our life and our will to his will because of our deep and abiding awe and love and adoration for who he is as the only true sovereign and what he has done. How many of you could save yourself? How many of you are actually worthy of heaven on your own merits? The answer is no, not one. And so because of his greatness, he was willing to sacrifice his son that you might have opportunity to humble yourselves and serve him and receive the riches and the honor and the life that not only is temporal, but also eternal with him. And I pray that we would see the rich blessings that come from fearing the Lord. But you know, I want to share with you what humility is. Humility is not, you know, being a doormat. That's not humility. In fact, not even close. So someone goes around and just like, oh, well, whatever. That's not humility. Jesus did not do that. And he's the most humble man, son of God. He was the prototype, the firstborn of the dead. He was the most humble, and that's not how he walked around. He looked everybody in the eye. He shared with them and touched their heart as they individually needed their heart touched. He did not back down. He did not sit down. He did not shut up. He lived his life in perfect subjection to the Father's will. And we need to do the same. And if we will do that, we're going to be blessed. So I want to jump right into point number one. Riches. Everybody wants to get rich. Have you heard that song? I want to get rich. 
Well, I can't sing any more of it because that's the only part I know. You know, if you're a Christian, you are rich beyond degree. And I'm not talking about material wealth. I'm talking about the wealth they can't take away. I'm talking a wealth that endures. I know a lot of rich people that are unhappy, that have miserable marriages. Their kids hate them and they can't stand life and they drown themselves in alcohol or they, they drown themselves in drugs trying to kill the pain of a disastrous life. But they could buy anything they want and yet they are poor, wretched, blind. Yet they be rich in this world. You know, God gives what is needed for those who love him. He's going to provide. He's going to take care. But more importantly, are the spiritual riches. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Take a look at, at your lesson plan, if you would. Lesson plan. You don't need to take notes necessarily. Uh, I would encourage you to do that. But you can use these later on to go back and see if what I'm sharing with you is true. That Hebrew word actually is talking about prosperity, but prosperity not just of the pocketbook, but more importantly, prosperity of the soul. Prosperity of the soul. Take a look with me, Psalms chapter one, verses one, two, and three. Awesome passage of scripture talking about prosperity. And notice, it may or may not be talking about the physical, temporal riches of this world. Take a look. Psalms chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And here we go. And in whatever he does, he prospers. This guy's rich. It says whatever he does, he prospers. Now that's not a guarantee of starting a business and prospering. It's not a guarantee. But there is a guarantee if you will build your life upon the word of God, that you will be rich with the wealth that cannot be taken away. Now, let me just really quickly kind of touch back on my sermon last week. I had a lot of people share, you know, that was thank you for what you shared last week and being transparent. In verse one, it says, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Well, I had a lot of encouragement when I met a beautiful young lady, my uh, sophomore year in college, that we should invest our lives in each other and live together to see if she was a worthy candidate for marriage. Man, a lot of people talking in my ear. A lot of wicked people, evil people talking in my ear. So yeah, we lived together. It was disastrous, absolutely disastrous. And I've heard so many people say, that will not happen to us. And yet, would you take some time to read the statistics on folks that choose to live together? Their marriages do not flourish if they make it to the marriage vows. 
And the percentage of those who remain married who've lived together is even more abysmal. Oh, but that's not to share with you all the, you got to be a certain thing when you're living together because you don't want to let the other person down because you don't want them to walk out because there's, there is no vows, there's no promises. So you're not quite who you would normally be. In other words, you don't let your hair down like me. You don't let your hair down and be transparent in yourself. You're trying to be someone you think they want you to be. And it ends up consistently in a huge percentage of times, do your own uh, homework. And it doesn't have to be in a Christian psychology book. It can be in others who I should say are honest, that they're honest with. It's horrible. And then those who do get married, their marriages don't flourish because they haven't built it on Jesus Christ. They haven't built it on the principles of Jesus Christ. They went to the sexual intimacy first. They forgot about the spiritual intimacy. They forgot about the personal intimacy. They forgot about that growing together, cognitively, emotionally. And unfortunately, they're stunted. And they have a hard time growing. And my life was screwed up to the point of, of wanting to commit suicide. That's how bad it was for me. Now, I know others have had that experience and, and they're thriving. But please understand, if the large percentage of those people who live together don't make it, and then those who've lived together and get married, the large percentage of them don't make it, we're talking about fractional percentages here, folks. I don't know about you, but I want to guarantee. I step back from that preface, uh, what do you call it, cliff of taking my own life because of the mess I've made of mine. Thankful I did that. I hope you're thankful I did that. And, uh, and then to live my life for him and to wait on the one who loved God more than anyone or anything. I have an amazing wife and amazing kids, amazing life, and I praise God because that's a part of the riches that can't be taken away. They can take my bank account. In fact, I think... Congress has been talking about that, <laughs> right? But, but what about a great marriage? They can't take that away. And all those rich folks that want that and they don't have it, they can't buy it. Do you see the importance of the true riches? Well, I want to just look at a couple others. Proverbs eleven twenty five. Let's turn there real quick. This is a passage of scripture, as many of you well know. I've made it, uh, and, and my, my wife and I, Sharon, have really committed ourselves to living this truth out because we trust in the Lord and we believe that he is going to, to honor his word. Verse 25 says, The generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered. Many of you have heard me say that before, but notice when you give to help someone, it may not necessarily be money. It might be time. Did you know the most valuable thing you can give to somebody? And if you're younger, you don't believe this is true. But when you get older like me, you know, remember, I'm almost Medicare age. Anyway, when you get older like me, an hour is really important. And I'm not talking about an hour of extra sleep. Those, many of you know how I operate, early morning, late night. But I'm talking about an hour is precious because you have a limited or more limited number of hours. 
the most valuable thing you can give to somebody is time or your expertise. And sometimes by giving people money, you enable them. You don't really empower them. But this passage of scripture says, he who waters others waters himself. And the generous man or the generous woman is going to be prosperous. Have you ever done something special for someone that may have cost you not only time, but energy and money? And you got the greater blessing? To see how that person flourished and how you felt about doing that which was the right thing to do and not letting the left or right hand know what the left hand was doing. I'll tell you what, that's called when your soul gets fat. Not P-H-A-T, it's fat like, like enriched. And so let me share with you that Psalms and Proverbs both are, are very powerful. But look at Ephesians chapter one. Let's go to the spiritual blessings. How many spiritual blessings, by the way, do you think God has given you? We can compare notes. I'll share with you how many I got and you can share with me how many you got. And if you, if you know anything about the scriptures, we both got the same. Look at Ephesians chapter one and verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Every spirit, if you're a Christian, if you're in Christ, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places has been given to you. And you might want to go, what are those? Well, they are innumerable, but so thankful for Psalms 103. Would you turn your attention to Psalms 103 really quickly? Psalms 103. And if you would take a look there at verses 2 through 5. Psalms 103, verses 2 through 5. Blessed, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things. Before I became a Christian, my life was bitter. And whatever good thing I had, all about the physical, material world, was taken away, destroyed, wrecked, or whatever else. But satisfies your years with good things. And some of the memories I have with some of you is just absolutely tremendous. Lars and I were talking about way back when we both had a lot of hair and we were young. You didn't have any facial hair back then, by the way. So <laughs> He was in high school, man. He was one of my, uh, one of my seniors. He was in one of my classes. And uh, man, we, we hit it off, didn't we? It was great. And then, and then after he graduated, we started doing some Bible study and he became a Christian. And then, and then life happened and we went our separate ways. And what was it, about three years ago? About three years ago? 
here I am at Bymart hanging out in, you know, the infamous sporting goods section. That's kind of the only place in Bymart I go. Except for the Cheez-Its aisle, but I've given up Cheez-Its. So now it's just the sporting goods section. All right. Hey, stop laughing over there. It's not funny. <laughs> so guess what? I'm sitting there, and I look down the aisle, and guess who is there doing his job? He's, he's taking skews for... Uh, restocking and stuff. It's Lars. I haven't seen Lars in years. I go, Lars! And he looks over and he looks at me like, who is that old bald man? <laughs> and I look back and I go, well, I recognize you without any hair. What's your problem? No, I didn't quite say that. But man, we hit it off just like that. Didn't we? It was like, hey, where's your, give me your number. Let's get together and, and uh, man, and I got to meet his lovely bride, and what a sweet wife you have, and what a and we're now meeting at least once or twice a week, hanging out, uh, Bible studying, and and uh, it's great. What a, what some memories there. You know what? You can't you can't buy that stuff. You can't buy that stuff. A brother in Christ, a long lost brother in Christ, not because he was lost, but because. You know, we misplaced each other. And, and now we're just back and it's great and it's better. See, my wife loves your wife. I mean, it's fun to watch them. It's fun to watch them. And you know, when, when uh, Lars and I talk about things that we get in the sporting goods part of Bymart, our wives are identical. Oh, man. Not another sporting goods thing. I'm being real careful about how I say that, right? So my point is, is that that's so amazing. You can't buy that kind of amazing relationship that for years is gone and it comes right back and it gets better. That is making the soul fat, man. That's rich and only in Christ. But I would have you, please, I would encourage you to look at all of those. He redeems your life from the pit. Might I suggest that before a person's a Christian, they are dead in their sins and their trespasses. And if they were to die in that state, they would forever be in the lake of fire with no exits. Brother, I don't know about you, but God is awesome. For those who are willing to fear him, he blesses with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. As my son said, I am so thankful to be a slave to Christ, no longer a slave to sin, for I am truly free and empowered. Now there's so many other amazing riches and treasures. I've given you some scripture there you can take a look at. But point number two, what's honor? Now honor, oftentimes we think, well, people are honored because of great things they do. Well, that's correct. But let me define this Hebrew word for you. If we fear the Lord, we will receive honor upon honor upon honor. Now in this present age and also in the age to come. We'll take a look really quickly. That word, uh, a kabod, one who lives a life worthy of honor is one who is going to be respected, is going to be esteemed, who's going to be recognized and will have an, uh, an incredible uh, uh, reputation that person will receive devotion from others, respect from others, deference from others, and allegiance 
from others. I'll tell you what, the man of integrity, the woman of virtue, who lives with a heart yielded to God's will is the one who's going to be richly blessed in this life and in the life to come. Well, let me, let me take a look at a couple of these. Take a look at Psalms 112. Psalms 112. Uh, I'm destined to preach a sermon on this, if not this year sometime. If you were to read the whole chapter, it's nine verses long, there are 20 blessings to those who fear the Lord. Look at verse one. Praise the Lord. How blessed is the man who fears the Lord. And then 20 blessings are spoken. And I am experiencing a whole bunch of those 20 blessings. My wife is one of those. My sons are one of those. My brothers and sisters in Christ are a bunch of those packaged into one of the blessings spoken of. But look at verse 9. Verse 9. He has given freely to the poor. Kind of sounds like that guy who's rich. His righteousness endures forever. That sounds like a blessing that you're going to be forever in righteousness. But notice the last one. His horn will be exalted in honor. His horn will be exalted in honor. The word horn oftentimes in the Old Testament is prophetic of strength and leadership. His strength and leadership or her strength and leadership as the Proverbs 31 woman might be recognized. His or her horn will be exalted in honor. Their strength, their leadership will be lifted up and they will be honored. That is if they will humble themselves and fear the Lord. As the scripture teaches, we ought to fear the Lord. Remember what the fear of the Lord means? is to yield your will to his will. And the blessings come. Sometimes we make decisions and we kind of get stuck in a consequence. A consequence that we bear the rest of our lives. But it doesn't have to be an eternal consequence. Because if you fear the Lord as he calls you to fear the Lord, if you were to turn to Revelation chapter 2 and 3, and I'm, I'm encouraging you to do that later, it talks about when you stand before King Jesus on the last day, on Judgment Day, Judgment Day is not going to be terrible for Christians. Judgment Day is going to be awesome for Christians. It's kind of like that Christmas that you're talking about or that birthday you're talking about. But it goes on for eternity and it's all free. Well, you say, well, you worked for it, didn't you? Yes, you humbled yourself in serving the Lord. But it didn't cost a dime. It cost your whole life of sacrificial service and being a slave to that master that treats you amazing, who loves you more than you love yourself, right? Absolutely. I don't know about you, but I can't wait. For judgment day. Now a lot of people who aren't living it straight are going, you're a nut job, dude. <laughs> you know, I don't even know what's going on after I die, but if that's what it is, I don't want to go there. Well, that's good. You don't want to go there, but there's a way out. 
It's by loving the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and loving your neighbor just like Jesus because that's the same as fearing the Lord. And we'll get to that in the future. I keep touching that. Wait till we get there. It's going to be awesome. There's a stone with my name on it. And if I remain faithful, Jesus is going to present that stone to me with my name on it. You're saying, is it going to be Bill? Or in Russian, Bill. That's Russian for Bill. No, it's not going to be either of those. I'm not sure what it's going to be. Only Jesus knows based upon what my service was here on this side. And then he's going to announce it. I want to introduce to you forever and eternity, whatever my name is. Man, I want to get there and get that stone. I'm going to put it on my desk. This is what Jesus thinks of me. But that's not the only honor. Man, go look at all of them. I get to eat manna. Have you ever thought about what manna would be like? If you make it to heaven, you get to eat manna. You're saying, well, that's weird. No, it's not. I can't wait. It's going to be great. How many like baklava? Okay, there you go. James, right? Just imagine baklava on steroids, man. It's like, ah, I just love baklava and a good cup of coffee. I haven't read anywhere, though, in the Bible where a good cup of coffee is going to be there. But that's okay. Baklava, manna, we're good. I can handle it. Now, honors upon honors upon honors in this life, the Bible teaches, if you will have strength and leadership in your life, man or woman, young man, young woman, boy or girl, you can lead by your life. I've taught my son's uh, several Proverbs out of Proverbs in chapter 20. Verse 11 is powerful. If I'm a man of integrity, my sons will be blessed after me. Because it says that their lives then will choose to be modeled after dad. And if dad modeled his after the Lord, praise God. Now, let's move on to the last one. Life. The reward of life. The word life there in the Hebrew has a variety of meanings, but they're all kind of pretty cool. I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, God's, God through the Hebrew is kind of touching on eternity, but he doesn't quite get there. You're saying... God can't quite touch eternity and not get there. Well, hold on just a minute. Old Testament is only a shadow. Amen? How many know what I'm talking about? It's only an archetype. It's only a shadow. It's not the reality. We're going to talk to King Jesus to get the reality on life. But what I'm saying in this, in this Hebrew word, listen, it says a lively, vigorous, renewed, Revived, refreshed, to be given breath that you might be able to breathe. Wait a minute, what's the spirit called? Come on, you know what the spirit's called? The breath of God. The pneuma of God enters us. The wholeness of God through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. When you obeyed the gospel and were crucified with Christ and buried with him and raised up with him in the waters of immersion, you are filled with life eternal, the pneuma, the breath of God, the spirit of God. Now, 
Let's go listen to King Jesus about life that is abundant. So turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 8 and verse 12. Gospel of John chapter 8 and verse 12. Let's talk a little bit about life eternal. John chapter 8 and verse 12. I, I love this, this promise by Jesus. Take a look at this. Oh, by the way, uh, how many of you went to uh, the uh, Oregon family camp and uh, somebody was asking about what you're scared of? Remember? And somebody said, uh, how many are scared of the dark? Okay. Now, there were several people that were scared of the dark, right? But I didn't raise my hand. <laughs> hey, man, I'm scared of the dark. Have you ever been hiking up in the Cascades, pitch black, and you know there's a monster mountain lion there because Brian Bragg had a visitation by this monster mountain lion the week before, and you're going up in the dark. Thank goodness that Ryan was with me because at least two are better than one, at least for the mountain lion. But anyway, <laughs> we're, we're hiking up, and it's pitch black, man, and I got this little light. Now, you know what happens invariably? Well, you're in the dark and you're scared of the dark because there's something out there that likes to eat things. Man, it was this big cat was chasing elk, and I'm smaller than an elk, so I'm just an appetizer, man. And so we're walking up there, and my light goes out. <laughs> ah! And I'm leading because I'm the courageous one. All of a sudden, my courage went out with the lights. Wow! Ryan, Ryan, get up here quick. Oh my goodness, and get to, I gotta dig in my, get my flashlight out, so I had my flash on my gun. Yeah, Elmer Fudd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right, so uh, look at John chapter 8 and verse 12, and you'll see why I kind of went rogue on that one. Verse 12. Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. If you don't have Jesus, man, you're in the darkness. You're going to follow knuckleheads and say, I oh, just live together, man. You know, it's just like testing and taking a car for a test drive. You know, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. We're talking about a covenant relationship. There's only two, marriage and your relationship with God. And that covenant relationship is powerful in restoring sanity to your life. I'm glad I married Sharon. <laughs> she restored a lot of sanity to my life. Love is blind, and I'm glad that my wife's love was blind at the time. Okay? I married up, folks. I got that one finally dialed in. I will never forget. I married up. Okay? And love was blind. It's blind no longer, though. So it's now a choice, and she's still choosing me. That's how amazing she is as a woman. Wow. Okay? But, man, when you're walking in the light as he is in the light, you know how to live your life as a man or a woman in Christ. And you don't get sucked into the garbage of the darkness. Because you're walking, what? In the light. And that light is life 
eternal. Did you know that you're living life eternal right now? When you were immersed into Christ, you came up without water grave, you were born again. Spirit filled you. You're living eternity right now. When you close your eyes after you breathe your last, your heart stops ticking, and you open your eyes on the other side, there's going to be angels there going, hey, come on home. We've been waiting for you. They're going to escort you home, the scripture says. See, that's how it's going to go down. Brethren, it's so important for us to understand that right now, the light of life is Jesus Christ. The darkness of life is the devil. There's only two that you're going to serve. You're going to serve somebody, Bob Dylan once wrote. Too bad he didn't keep in the faith. He was in the faith for a little while. He wrote, you're going to serve somebody. It may be the devil and it may be the Lord, but you're going to serve somebody. It's on his album, Dark Horse. Okay, I bought it when I was a peewee Christian of about two years old in the Lord. Okay, I don't have it anymore, but... I remember that song because, man, that, that song resonated with me because I was a slave of the devil, but now I'm a servant and I'm walking in the light. Now look at the next verse, uh, John chapter 10 and verse 10. The devil's here to destroy you and me and every human being. He hates human beings because every human being can communicate God's glory. So notice what, what is said here, verse 10. Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. Abundant life. I'll tell you what, when you're fearful, when you're jealous, when you're ashamed, and when all that stuff that comes from sin, that's not abundant life. That's the opposite of abundant life. When you start making right decisions and you have victory in your life in certain areas that you've overcome some of those habits of sin, man, it's awesome. And then people begin to see you as a man or woman of integrity or virtue and they come start talking with you about how to get things straightened out. Man, that's awesome. That's when life is rich. That's when there is honor extended to you. Because you're living the life of Christ. You know, I'm finding out that so many churches don't teach true biblical repentance. True biblical repentance is the powerful tool that God has given by which we can be transformed. And people don't even know what it is. It's asking for forgiveness, right? No. It's feeling sorry for your sins. Not close. Okay? It's confessing your sin. It's still not close. Really? Well, go and check it out. Check, read every Bible verse on repentance, and then you'll know. It's transformational. Renewing the mind. Brethren, we need to recognize that Jesus Christ came to give life, not physical, life eternal, life abundant, life filled with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, and gentleness, and compassion, and humility. Love. Oh, I already said that one. I can say it again. Man, that's life. How many know there's a lot of people in this world that are selfish? How many know that? How many work with people that are selfish? Oh, my. Yeah, right, Linda? It's like, oh. 
man, it's crazy. You got to watch everywhere. Eyes in the back of your head, right? It's terrible. But you know what? When you become a Christian and you start hanging out with people who are true, it's like family you never had. Can I get an amen on that one? Man, if you were to hang out with my family, that's why I said <laughs> I married up, is because when Sharon first met my family, she was going, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's, that's, isn't that right? And rightfully so. You know, I was so used to it. I was kind of numb to it. Hey, mom, there's my, my uh, uh, friend, Sharon. And Sharon's like, oh. <laughs> we were, she was happy to leave. Okay. But we kind of were already in the bomb run. I think we were engaged at that time. So, I mean, she could have backed out, but love was blind. Praise God. <laughs> well, let's close with this last one. I want to encourage you to examine this one. Uh, John chapter 6. Go back to chapter 6 and verse 63. John chapter 6 and verse 63. Jesus here talking about the Holy Spirit. Notice what it says. It is the Spirit who gives life. It's not the body. That's only temporary. Your physical life is only temporary. And God says it's only a shadow, a hand's breath, a vapor, as nothing in his eyes. Physical life. Spiritual life is eternal. Notice it says here that the, it's the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. You know why? The word of God is spirit and life is because that's where you learn to yield yourself to the authority of God and do what he says. You know, I've been working with someone and helping them try to understand faith. And, and, and there's a passage of scripture that always just gets me. Okay. And many of you heard this before. Jesus is talking to his disciples and says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And don't do what I say. Did you catch that? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? In other words, they have not humbled themselves. They've not yielded their will to his will. You can't tell me to do that. Well, if it's God's word and you can verify it, it's not me or any other teacher that's sharing that. It's God's talking to you. And so I don't know about you, but God says, I'll reward you richly if you'll humble yourself and serve me. I'll, I'll bless you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I'll bless you with all the riches and all the honor and all the life eternal. If you'll do what? Yield your will to his. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, it's too late for me. I've, I've so screwed my life up. It's never too late until you breathe your last. It's never too late to breathe your last. My prayer is, is that we will learn to fear the Lord by an awe of his greatness and love and adoration because of all that he has done and is doing for us. Let's close in a word of prayer. Holy God in heaven, 
We know the devil hates every human being. The devil hates even more the Christian. Lord God in heaven, we need to cling to your son Jesus Christ no matter how crazy things get. We need to fear you, Lord God, and not mankind and not death and not suffering and not rejection by those who are in the world. We must grow our faith and we must grow our fear of you, that reverential awe, that reverential adoration, that love that humbles itself, wanting to please you in every respect, not because we're fearful, but because we love you so much. Father, I pray that you would help us to continue to learn and continue to realize that as we do that, the rich blessings that the devil has stolen or is trying to steal, those blessings will come back and be ours. I ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, let's get all excited. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. go. Oh, man, you guys are tired. I only went a couple minutes over today. So let's try that again. What did Jesus say to you? He said to go. Ooh, better. Okay. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that... Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. All right. Great job. Thank you, everybody. And we'll see you tonight for dinner. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.